It was a long, productive week for both Cameron and me, and we appreciate your patience waiting for this episode of Goat Gab. Join us this week for a recap of the AGA convention and a delightful dose of enthusiasm from our special guest, Kim Gatliff. All right, take two of this episode tonight here uh, of Goat Gab. As always, I'm Cameron. And I'm Laura, and we're so excited to be here tonight. And thank you guys for your patience. Um, We'll get into it a little bit more about why we weren't able to release our podcast on our normal day. But suffice it to say, I'm not on best friend terms with American Airlines right now. And uh, it was just a long week for both Cameron and I. And so we just thought, you know, rather than try to, to throw something together when neither one of us were ready to get it done, some technical difficulties, and we wanted to make sure that we did um did justice to our amazing guests. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest for tonight. We have Kim Gatliff from the Gillies Herd. So welcome, Kim, and share a little bit about yourself and your involvement with dairy goats and so forth. Well, good evening, Laura and Cameron. And I I do apologize for those technical difficulties earlier in the week. Um, So I'm relatively new to the goat world. I've always had livestock um, but as far as getting involved with ad, ADGA and showing and stuff, this is, this would have been 2020 was my technically my second year showing, but without, or excuse me, 2021 with 2020 being in the wraps. So it would have been my third year showing. Um, I re I raise Nubians. I love a beautiful head and ear. Um, and the rest of them, they need to be stylish and beautiful, of course. And, you know, they're, they're like my best friends. They're my secret keepers. They've kept my sanity when my whole world was falling apart. They were the ones that kept me going and they mean the world to me. And the goat family that I've established is wonderful, just as wonderful as the goats. The people are pretty darn cool too. I think there are a lot of us, Kim, that can agree with those sentiments as far as goats being your sanity and, and kind of your best friends too. So totally get that. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Kim at the Tucson um, Agga convention. And um, honestly was just blown, blown away with Kim's bigger than life um, approach to everything. She's just a lot of fun. And actually Dr. Ed is the one who said, Laura, you and Cameron have got to have her on the podcast, and I couldn't agree more. So um, we're really excited to have you, Kim. Well, thank you. I don't know what about convention. I mean, you know, when you have tragedies and everything in your life, you kind of lose yourself a little bit. And don't let, I don't want to get teary, but, you know, we'll talk more about me being on stage. But I had lost my mom in 18, and that's when I named my herd. And I hadn't heard my mom, felt my mom, anything until I was at the convention on stage. I heard her yelling, go, baby, go. And it just made, when I I came back to life and I remember the girl that was there and that girl's pretty cool. I kind of like having her around again because the, my, the sad, the sad Kim's just kind of, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the larger than life that's what people have always said and i'm like i don't know that's just me some may some may think it's annoying but i'm okay with it it's their loss 
Well, anybody who saw you at convention um, could not argue with the fact that you brought an amazing amount of energy to everything that you did on stage and, and in your work. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, but Cameron, why don't you tell us about what you've been up to? Cause it's been a busy week for you too. Yeah. So it's been a, it was a chill week. I was not at convention uh, like the rest of the goat world. I was at my house um, <laughs> taking care of my goats, which it, I love my goat people, my goat family. And, and Kim said it best there when she said goat people are just awesome. And I agree, but nothing can take away from the, from the peace and solitude of being with your goats just kind of hanging out, watching them eat, yep. um, and then thinking about you know the future of your goat herd. It's all it's exciting. Um, so that was last week while everyone was at convention and obviously watching on Facebook for what was going to happen on under the sun there. Um, and then this week I was traveling for my job, so I was in Delaware, Maryland, uh, West Virginia. I went to Pe- I was in Pennsylvania and um, New Jersey. I got in uh, Friday morning at 1 a.m. back to my house, uh, and then I got up this morning and hauled hay and took care of the goats and did everything else under the sun. So uh, uh, back to normal. Back to normal. Wow. And, you know, talking about the goats, it, am I just weird in the fact that one of my very favorite things is listening to them when they're eating grain? They're just so cute, especially the babies that oh, aren't yeah. so baby anymore. That well, munchy look, sound that they make. They're just so focused yeah, the little, on And it. then they hum. And I, I love the, I call it the pregnancy hum. I don't know if it's just when they're pregnant <laughs> or not, but when they just sit there and they're all, mm, Oh yeah. Just, and I, Nubians are the, Nubians are the best about it. I think, I mean, my yeah. Alpines will do it some, but, but do your Alpines do that too, Cameron? Yeah, I would say, and then the sables take after them as well. The togs, not so much. Um, they're a little more yeah. polite, I would say, with their table manners. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, I, you know, it's just it was a very peaceful week, um, and just kind That's of spending it with my goats. Oh yeah, I totally agreed there. Um, How but, many do you have? So we raise about forty-five to fifty. Again, we don't have a number. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you don't count your goats. That's, that's rule number one. It's like and chicken, it's goats, chicken math. Yeah. The number is 10. Oh, <laughs> you have 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, to, to go on a bad note, both of our goats that we AI'd and I had confirmed that were pregnant via preg toner came back in this week. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that light. Yeah. Shoot. It does. It does. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, okay. that stinks. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did my first ultrasounds um before convention. <clears throat> I was so stinking excited. Oh. Cause uh yeah, super excited. And saw I saw one of them. You could see its little legs dangling. It was so cute. You know, I, having an ultrasound, I really have to keep myself from looking at them like that all the time. And the goats well, are thanks. like, you're making me get up on the stand again. So you can put that cold jelly stuff on me uh-huh. again. <laughs> I don't like this, you know. Right. Well, I was just trying to confirm because I was like, I wanted to do my cleanup breeding, you know, just making sure. And I've got uh-huh. some pretty special ones to me that I, I, you know, I don't want them to get in with a buck and if they are pregnant, I don't want, I didn't want them to be assaulted and, you know, sure. then mess up what's ever in there. So I went ahead and, and, and coughed it up and got a gal that we know locally that does 
the ultrasounds to come on over and confirmed everything. And I was like, yay. So it was pretty yeah, cool. That's, that's fun. Very good. Um, so question about, about breedings to you guys. Cause I was kind of talking with somebody about this the other day. Do you, do you get to a point in your year, like in your breeding season where you're like, okay, we're not breeding any after this. So if they're not bred now, we're just done with that. Kim, go ahead. Do you want the truth? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We're well, all, no, all perspectives. You know, it's all good. I, I have a, I have a mindset. I don't want them, you know, cause it gets so hot over here in Arizona. I don't want May babies. Like that's like the worst thing for me. Cause it's so hot. Um, right. But I will be honest if, if I've got some youngins that are, that are looking right and are, fully capable of handling it the latest would be like the first week of january otherwise i'll keep them as dries and and show them i just i'm real i know a lot of people are like oh 80 pounds eight months or there's all the different variables that go into it in everybody's breeding plan but i just i won't even if they're a year old if they don't look mature enough that they could handle it I will keep them and, and freshen them as a two-year-old. And that's my personal choice because I just don't want troubles. And if they're not mature enough, I, I'm not doing it to them. That's just my opinion. There's a million other opinions, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it, it depends, Laura. It depends. And if it's a mature goat, so maybe it's a two-year-old, three-year-old, she's a permanent champion, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's, uh, um, a project goat or she's a good reproducer. Heck yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power to get her bred. If she is a kid, you know, I don't really care as much because I, I mean, you can always keep them as a dry yearling there. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I don't, we don't necessarily have a cutoff date per se. Um, but I think the latest we've ever bred is like January, early February. Right. That's, and that's kind of how it is around here too. You know, it, for kids, it does kind of enter in for us. If they have their dry leg, I might be a little more um, assertive in trying to get them bred. But um, I told the girls the other day, I'm, I'm about at the point that we're not going to breed anymore. Cause I really don't like my kids. They're, they're a problem when we go places, when we go to shows, when you've got national show that you're thinking about mm-hmm. what do you do with those kids who are still on milk and, but too young to show. And it's just, it just complicates things. So yeah. I think we're about to the, about to the cutoff point in our herd. So yeah, I got back from convention and I was like, well, not for sure on you guys. And I've got some girls that I have to breed cause they are phenomenal and they were, you know, they've been, they've, been bred before and they just they were doing more of the silent heats with me and I yeah. wasn't sure because I've got a few of them they're they're divas and they won't they don't tell me or show me whereas I've got another one that literally lays in front of the boy's pen and says <laughs> I'm, I'm here but yeah. so I just I, I just didn't see it I didn't see any of the tail mess nothing so I went ahead and put them in the pen with my boy with, you know each each boy had his girls and uh one of them, my favorites, was in season that day and got bred. And I'm like, yes. So yeah, it makes you feel good when you catch them like that. Oh, yeah. I got a camera. I'm being, <laughs> I'm kind of being a stalker. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love it. If you tell Kim, anybody else that, if, 
it, it's kind of uh, creepy if I'm watching them. <laughs> Just saying. Kim, has anything with you coming back from convention, anything exciting happening at your farm here? I know you wanted to tell us about a buck that you uh, have, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that oh. out, and, <laughs> out of the way there. Yeah, well, I have been blessed to know Debbie M. Holtz from Jacob's Pride. She, If you don't know Debbie and Gordy, just like Marshall and Trudy Losey, if you don't know those people, you need to get to know them. Those are two sets of people that I just aspire to be anywhere near. They are truly great, caring, kind people. And it doesn't hurt that they have amazing animals. But Debbie Debbie has blessed me and allowed me to co-own with her the full. So he's a 2019 um, model uh, buck. He's a big gold buck. His name is Jacob's Pride, HH, always and forever. Always, He's also known as Adam. Um, he is the 2019, well, he's the spotlight sale kid this year. Um, Jacob's pride. Remember me? Um, he is her full brother genetically, just a different year. And that's also the genetic full brother to the 27, 2017 spotlight sale buck and doe that were in there. So He's draw. He's had some kids on the ground, and I'm loving what I'm seeing. They're they're long. They're elegant. They've got the you know the amazing heads and ears, and um, he everything that his dad's throwing. I've seen you know beautiful udders. So I'm praying for that this year with my kids when I when they get freshened out. Uh, but he's a gentle giant. He he as a two year old just this last season got appraised at I believe it was an eighty eight. E-V-E-E. So for a two-year-old, that's amazing. And I just adore Adam. And I've been told I have an abnormal love affair with him. So just saying. (laughs) There's something about those bucks that are the sweet boys that just, it's kind of like a son. They just kind of grab your heart and make you think, oh, I just love this big buffoon. They're just so sweet. And you know, when he, he's like, so gentle and sweet. He romances the girls. He does not just say, Hey lady. He, he goes up and nibbles on their ears and says, hello, how was your day? Would you like some dinner? Here's some flowers. I really like your pretty ear. And I mean, he's, he's so romantic with them. It's the sweetest thing ever. And then he, and he can be in the herd and, you know, breed one and have all these girls around him. And I can just say, Adam, come on and grab his beard. And he just walks away with me. He's amazing. Oh, that's perfect. I love him. <laughs> Bucks like that are wonderful. Yeah, I would agree. Laura, have you, uh, have, did all the Bucks stay in their pen this week while you were gone and away? And uh, anything crazy happen? You know, uh, one of our, our little March Buck kid has learned that he can go underneath the hot wire and then climb one little section of the fence. So we kind of foiled that and moved does where they weren't around him. And um, we wanted him for a cleanup anyway. So he, he did a little <laughs> bit of that. So uh, every, the girls did a good job while I was gone. Everybody was uh, well fed and looks great. And uh, of course, you know, when I, when I finally got home and got some sleep, because uh, it was like really hard to get home. Um, yeah, went out and ultrasounded, so that was kind of fun. And uh, do you have your own ultrasound, Laura? I do. I do. Lucky. It was a purchase that I made last year, and I don't regret it one little bit. It's too much fun. It's a lot of fun, right? I'm not great with it. Um, 
my daughter Caroline went to the youth uh, program at the convention and they had one on ultrasound. So she showed me, she kind of taught me what she learned and that was fun. So I just can't say enough how wonderful it is to have family, whether it's uh, family that lives in my house or family that lives in my same town who are willing to pitch in and take care of animals. And uh, when my flight got delayed, um, my nephew stepped in and he even spent the night at the house. So the dog didn't have to be by herself. And uh, it's just bless his heart. Yeah. He's, he's pretty awesome. So somebody's going to take care of Penny. That's right. And Penny was very happy to have him here. So uh, is is Penny a guardian or is she a house pet? uh, Well, if you asked her, she would tell you both. She's a Shih Tzu. So there you go. Yeah. She, loves, she loves the goats, especially hooves and poop, you know, like all dogs, but right. definitely a house dog. So, um, yeah, so she's got a big bark and a little body, so she's kind of fun. But They're the best. Uh, it's, it's good to be back, and and uh, I've just got to say this, you know, I've, I've been to Arizona before, and I thought it was a pretty state. Tucson is beautiful. And that venue where the where the convention was is beautiful. Also, it just yeah. really what a, what a paradise on earth. Eighty five degrees and no humidity and uh, swimming in the middle of November was just November. amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's one thing about Arizona. I'm a native here. I'm fifth generation native on my on my mom's side. Um, I can put up with the three months of you know, the 10th level of um, H-E double chopsticks weather. <laughs> but for the rest of the year, because it does like the coldest it gets in at my house. Is, it was like 29, but that was like for two days. But then it was like 55 during the day on those two days. Wow. that And, you know, that's something else. And Cameron, I don't know how much time you spent in Arizona, but that was something that really amazed me. Um Sunday, I had the opportunity to help out at the judges training conference and uh, I wore my long sleeve goat gab t-shirt. I thought it's going to get too hot here. It's going to be miserable. And, you know, I did get a little bit warm in the afternoon, but dang, once that sun starts to go down, it cools off so quickly. Mm -hmm. It's really strange. Like it'll drop quick and you're like, whoa, I was just in shorts and a t-shirt. The, the, the winter weather wear for true Arizonians is flip-flop shorts and a sweatshirt. That's <laughs> the winter wear. I love it. Yep. And you know, what's great about it is, you know, I'm down, I'm in Queen Creek, Arizona, which is Southeast Valley, the Southeast Valley of the Phoenix metropolitan area, which is huge, you know, but um, we're Southeast and, you know, we've got the mountains right here. When we get snow, we've been getting snow on the mountains, you know, to the North of me a little bit. So I can see the, the, snow-capped mountains mind you I don't drive in snow never have never will um and but if you want to go to snow or see pine trees you drive two hours you want to go to the lake it's right here you want to go to the ocean it's five and a half hours there's so much around people don't think and know and you know we've got the the Grand Canyon and we have a lot of secret little places that are just beautiful just beautiful well it was I was just really impressed it was a beautiful state well, thank you. I kind of like it myself. I don't plan on leaving unless it gets to like 125 and stays there. Then I might think about it. <laughs> Cameron, 
have you ju- have you judged in Arizona? No, I haven't judged. I've vacationed there before, which has been great. Uh-huh. Um, I've been asked to judge a couple times. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked out though. So maybe in the future somebody will ask me. But I have a question for you. Um, on social media before the convention, um, Raspberry Raspberry or Randy Berry, for those of you who might know him by that name, posted some pictures that were taken at an Arizona show a long, long, long time ago that they did at midnight in the middle of summer. Do you know about this? They used to have Midnight Madness, and I've been hearing stories of them, and that is also on my checklist. Um, my, My folks have a horse farm up the road from me, and I talked to the man. It's a nice, like, ten acre place. And I t- just talked to the manager today to see if he'd let me do some clinics there, you know, because it's the family friend thing, you know. But I also asked about like a midnight man- madness. He said, "Kim, I would love to be able to do whatever you need me to do. This facility's got you." Oh, that's so, that's fun. so fun! I just think a midnight show would be great. Yeah, yeah, it would. It, I've heard stories about him. And I think that I think that's on my I've got a checklist of things. If I can if I can get the energy back and the people back, you know, in because I really want to educate about the goats, too, and do clinics and really, really bring bring the life back into the goat industry. Very fun. Yeah. So so jumping forward (laughs) to the board of directors meeting, Cameron, I guess I want to ask you at first because Mm -hmm. I know you weren't there, but your dad was, of course. Yeah. Um, you want to share some of your dad's? What What'd your dad think? Just he thought overview. it was. Well, it was long. It was really, really, really freaking long, from his from what Doctor Ed has told me. There, um, there were. It's it, it's eye opening to see the decisions that are made there, and then it's interesting to note kind of who are kind of the leaders in certain areas, you know, who has an expertise on the board of directors there and people necessarily that you might not think have that expertise really are super knowledgeable in that. So that was something that was really eye opening that he shared with me. Um, in addition to the, again, long days that they had there and some of the highlights, including the big lead discussion for Nigerian dwarfs. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's just jump into this a little bit. Yeah. Um, when we're talking long days, um, you know, the majority of the directors got there on Monday. I think some of them even came in on Sunday a little bit and they probably had uh, some pre meetings. I know that the finance committee met at least once, if not more than that before the actual board of directors meeting started. But um, the convention always starts with, at an open membership meeting and a welcome dinner on Monday evening. So that was really good. And and I've got to say, Kim, I know you were on the committee there. Dang, the food was so good at that convention. So the um, meeting was just started on Tuesday morning, started at eight o'clock in the morning and we didn't get done till eight 30 that night on Tuesday. And it truly did run that whole time, you know, little bathroom breaks and, and a little bit of lunch in there, but um, eight 30 before anybody left that room, it was just a crazy long day. Um, and then right back at it again on Wednesday and ran from eight in the morning till nine 45 that night. So by the time we were done, 
um, all the restaurants were closed and, and where this convention was, was in a hotel that was quite a long ways away from anything. So it wasn't like walkable distance to get food. So, um, it was, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of my, that's what I heard as well there. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing is you guys did make some big decisions and, and you guys did do, um, in obviously your guy, y'all's mind, what you thought needed to be done for the association in order to keep it moving forward from the last year of craziness. You know, as a, as a brand new board member, um, you think, you know what to expect. And of course I've listened to board meetings you know, a lot off and on over the years, there's always a lot of, um, dis- there are always a lot of decisions that are made uh, in executive session. So, you know, not really knowing what to expect with that. Um, I- I'm really, I'm really proud about the work that was done. Was it perfect? No. Is everybody going to look at the work that we did and say, Oh, you made the best decisions. Well, I hope, I mean, I hope that they feel like that the board made mindful decisions and that, that we listened to the membership. And, and I guess I'd just like to talk a little bit about that in more detail coming up. Um, some big decisions that came forward. Um, one has to do with that pesky rule about leads being used at the national show. And, uh, I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, Long and short of it is that you can use leads now. Gotcha. Or, or let me put it this way. There is no rule against using leads. How about if we put it that way? So hopefully that shows, um, you know, hopefully that'll make it easier for people who maybe have some physical challenges that make it difficult to show. But I, I think it was the right thing to do. And I really want to give a shout out to the, ANDDA, the American Nigerian Dwarf Dairy Association, for their um, really well thought out presentation and and uh, I thought I thought that was really good. Yes, and you know it enables people with silent disabilities. Who's going to stand at the, the ring and say, "Well, you know, this isn't signed by a doctor of whatever." How, who are we to judge what is submitted, and why should anybody have to submit anything? We need to be inclusive, inclusive, inclusive of all colors, all people, all disabilities, all functionalities, and 100% welcome people with open arms. Sorry, that was my spiel. <laughs> so good job, Adga. Good job. Yay. <laughs> One thing I want to highlight, and again, this did get passed, is the remover of removal of stature from the scorecard. And I think this is huge because, again, goats don't have to be big. And we've seen a trend in the American Dairy Association to going to larger goats that next that might not necessarily be structurally sounder. And we hear the same excuse in the show ring, not excuse, reason in the show ring, longer, taller, longer, taller, longer, taller. But now judges can't use that anymore. So that's an exciting, that's an exciting um, addition or excuse me, subtraction, addition, they removed stature from general appearance and put it into dairy strength. And then again, broke out, excuse me, broke out the back and rump categories as well there in the scorecard. I think that's much needed as well. Again, we think about what Trinity talked to us here on the podcast. She talked about, again, the rump being the garage there. It's so important. I'm really glad they broke those two out in order to highlight those two. 
So wait a minute, I missed that. They what did they they pulled that out of a different category and put it in its own? Yeah, so they so originally back in rump was in the same category. They just flowed together. Um, now they've actually made it two different categories with actual points identified to both. So back back is one area, rump is now another area. So and I don't remember Laura the points breakdowns for senior does. You remember that off the top of your head? I don't, and I didn't make a note about that. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, but it's um, back and rump are worth the same amount. I remember that. Like each of them are worth the same. Gotcha. Whether it's senior does, junior does, or bucks, back is worth the same number of points as what rump is now. Well, moving moving forward and getting improvement in our stuff is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I think it's nice. And then in addition to that, I think linear appraisal as well with a focus on scoring herds that weren't scored in 2021. Um, Laura, that would be your herd. That's right. I understood why I didn't get scored. I wanted to be, but I didn't. But I just I just feel like, again, Ag is showing that they're listening to the membership and uh, – you know, that that's really important that everybody feels like that they're valued no matter who they are or where they are. And um, I think it's great that Ag is going to try to do what they can to get those herds appraised that haven't had that opportunity in 2021. And hopefully in 2022, we'll have more appraisers and we will have uh, less of an impact from the pandemic and we can move forward with that. What were you going to say, Kim? One more thing, you know, Adga has had some struggles this year. And, you know, as a new new person, I don't know, were you there on the welcome night? I was. And you, so you heard what I said. I yes, stood up yes. and, you know, because people are just hammering Agda, And it's our organization and we can't fight like we are. The people, I feel horrible for the people that are in the office that are actually doing all the work that are just getting totally nailed and ridiculed. It's not, it's not right. We need to try to support where we can because they're just doing their jobs. And I mean, they can't do it any faster than what, you know, a human being can do. And we have to be supportive and not mean. That's my, Oh, I think, I think you said it supportive and not mean. Yeah. There's a lot of mean. I've, I've been behind the scenes on the social media and stuff. You know, I don't want to call people out, but I, I, I'll private message and say, hey, yo, could we not drop the bombs? And people are going to remember you for, for the names you're calling. What? Knock it off, you know? And we all just, we have to be the GOAT fam that I know we are. And I call the GOAT fam greatest of all time. And that's what we should be to each other all the time, no matter what. I, I know that I tend to, I, I try to be an optimist as much as I possibly can. Um, there's no, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's been a sucky year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as, you know, NG and the challenges that Adga has faced with the, with trying to get animals registered and, and we're still facing them. So I don't think anybody wants to, to say that, that, you know, put their head in the sand and ignore all that. No, having, of course having not. said that though, these changes that were that have been done, those are things that have needed to be done. And we had to bite the bullet sometime and get this get this done. Did we go about it the best way? No. Did we go about it with the best of intentions? I truly believe that we did. Um, 
and, and we just need to keep moving forward with that. So I think that's a great segue, Kim, into my next point that I wanted to say about uh, what was done in the board of directors meeting. I really hope that when people uh, read the summary of the meeting and they go back and read the minutes of the meeting, that it's very evident that the directors have listened to uh, their constituents have listened to the membership and uh, that we understand that you guys want an emphasis on good customer service. And one of the things that stood out in my mind was when our new executive director, Lance Gerlach said, um, you know, I come from a customer service background and, and we are not giving good service to our customers. And it just, it makes it really hard because we want to do that. We want to give that level of care to the concerns of the membership that you guys deserve, but we just haven't been able to do that. So I hope that with the hiring of some additional office staff, getting our uh, phone hours back to full time, I hope that really is putting our money where our mouth is that we understand we deserve better and we're trying to do our best to make that. Yeah. I, and, and I agree with all of those points. However, I'm going to still say we have to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because, I think because if, if everybody was nice, the world would be a much better place and probably have a whole lot more goats, but <laughs> um, you know, if you like, I've sent faxes over that say, Hey guys, keep your head up, you know, because I know that people in the office are getting humored. And I just might, if you know, they're not the executive committee, they're not, they're the hired staff and they're getting hammered on the phones, called names, and that's got to stop, you know. And as long as the directors, I, I have really great directors in my area that have been very responsive. And, you know, I had trouble with the NG system, I had two, two different names. And then I had a couple goats registered in one name. And then, you know, the others were in another. And then I had a different herd name, but I was patient. And, you know, I I have paperwork, I can just put it on paper, it doesn't have to go through the system. And, you know, keep copies of it, stay on top, you know, just keep on track and know that it's going to happen. The people in the office, so they are all they were all so nice and sweet. And every time I've talked to them, they've been wonderful. I just Again, we all just need to take a step back and agree that some maybe agree to disagree, but we need to agree that it wasn't the right, per se, the right time, but when was the right time? And nothing technologically ever goes without a hitch. And we just have to love one another and know it's going to be okay. We have to have it. We have to have the, give the time. So yeah. that's my spiel on yeah. that. Love that. Love that. And again, on the technology... Yes. And again, on the technology front, I really think bringing in their own in-house developer um, is going to be nice. Is it going to get all of the work done? Absolutely not, because there's a lot of stuff you would need. I mean, you can have a team of developers and it's not going to happen overnight. That's something that the membership has to remember is that you know, you can have all of these developers all you want and you can do all of these and you can put everything into a sprint that you want, which is a, a schedule of IT work. However, something isn't going to work because they didn't code it right or something else because the business rules weren't written or something like that. But it's one step forward to continuing to um, make it better. Agreed. Yeah. Patience is the key, guys. Patience is the key. 
patience and and just understanding that the problems that that uh, our computer system have had are not problems that have popped up overnight even if it does kind of seem like it um, there have always been some issues and we're not going to get it fixed overnight so I, I really would encourage every everybody who's our listener so you know the five or six hundred of you that listen to our podcast if you know somebody who fits the bill for this um, full stack developer and I'm not a computer person, so I can't even tell you what that means. But if you know somebody who's a techie programmer developer that you think might be a good fit for Adga, please pass it on to them because, um, you know, we, we, we need to find that talent. We need to identify that talent and the quicker we can get somebody in that position, the quicker we can move forward. So. Yeah. I looked at it and I giggled to myself. I said, Oh no, not me. <laughs> there were words in there that I was like, "Oh Lord, I don't know what that is." No, yeah. Don't even look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely a big job, and you know if anybody out there knows somebody that's techie that knows the words that are in there, because I, you know, I have an edu- a college education and I didn't understand some of them. So, but anybody out there, put the word out. Get us a good person. That can that can help manage this stuff because with we need it. Mm-hmm. I'm also excited about the the other position that they're listing for the communications position, and I think um, if you're on social media again, you've seen that you've seen that go out that they're hiring a new communications manager. Cameron, what do you know about that? Um, I know that their uh, position includes working a lot on social media, being able to engage with people more, make more attractive, not just um, our Facebook posts and our Facebook presence, because I feel like the goat world lives on Facebook. But how do you be more um, reactive on LinkedIn? How do you continue to drive growth and engagement through Twitter? How do you engage with other industry partners? So how do we get not only communicate about dairy goats, but how do we communicate with goats with our with our other partners as well there? So I think it's a really exciting um, position. And also this position is going to do a lot with the convention and the national show as well. So throw in some event planning there. So um, I've, I'm excited for that person to start um, because they have a lot on their plate for that. Um, and I have seen I that one posted. With. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made me think, oh gosh, could I do that? You know, no. <laughs> it, it sure looks like fun. Um, and, you know, I, I think, Cameron, what you said was really important. It's not just about Facebook, though many of us are on Facebook and I think some people live on Facebook. Um, but it is helping to make sure that um, information is disseminated quickly and accurately so that there's not a bunch of rumors flying around and so that, um, you know, people who say there's no communication in AGA, and I think there's no doubt that communication could be better. Uh, this person would do a good job with that. So one of the things that I've always loved about conventions is when the uh, National Convention Long Range Committee puts forward a bid and a presentation about a future uh, venue for our national convention. And that was sorely lacking this year, simply because nobody is putting forward um, a bit. So, so we know that we're going to go to uh, Tulsa in 2023, but we don't have anything beyond that. So I hope this new communications director can help 
pull forward, maybe help uh, local groups or groups in different parts of the country see their way forward to hosting a convention. Laura, before we talk about kind of Kim and yours convention experiences, do you want to give a kind of a brief, not synopsis, but your stance kind of on the financials that everyone on the Facebook world is crying for? Right. So um, first, I guess I want to say that I think the director's loud and clear here that you're eager, hungry, um, very insistent that you want to see financial information. And um, I, I know that a bunch of us directors are act asking what we can and can't share. And of course there are legal, there are legal things about all of that. And as a new director, I'm learning the ropes on that. So I just, just want to say that out here. Um, you know, Adga is going to let us know what can we put forward and we'll share some things. And as soon as I know, you know, I'll be glad to share too. Uh, what I do feel comfortable saying is that financials took up some of the biggest focus of the entire convention and rightfully so it needed to happen that way. Um, you know, we looked at how we can increase office staff to get things back on track to be as fiscally responsible and in a conservative way as possible. And I hope that when the financials are released and everybody has a chance to take a look at it, that they ask questions and ask your directors questions um, and that they, they can see that the, the decisions were made trying to balance the needs of our organization right now, which are great and also being fiscally responsible. So um, as I said, as, as, more things can be shared. I know that they will be. I want to go back to something that you talked about, like when you were running, Laura, and I, I don't want to, I, I just want all the listeners and other people from all the districts to remember that, you know, Laura said, and I think my dad might've said as well, I will be as transparent as possible. And there are some things that you can't be transparent about due to the gravity of the situation for lack of a better terms. So because right. of that, Laura, I, I thank you for sharing that. Well, and, and, and again, that doesn't mean that those of us that feel that transparency is important, that we're not going to keep pushing for that. And we're going to keep asking the questions. And, um, you know, I, I like to ask the question why. So, um, you know, just stay tuned, be patient, be patient with your directors. We're trying to get all that information for you and we'll get it as quick as we can. So kind of moving forward, um, talking about convention, Kim, this was your first convention and you were also, you also had an insider seat on it. So <laughs> overall, just kind of tell us what, what are your overall thoughts about convention? There's not enough time to get everything done. There was so much more I wanted to do and learn, but I just ran out of time. <laughs> um, but I was asked by Betty Henning. Um, she's a, the son and breeder and she's like, I think she's now member at large or something. I don't remember that all of her titles, but she's an amazing lady. And she's the president of SADGA, which is one of the two local clubs here in Arizona. And um, she was in charge of the convention down to figure everything out. God bless her. Oh, and anywho, she asked if I wanted to take the art, chair and I said sure what's it gotta do and I just kind of ran with it I got three professional um artists to judge it I set it up that took it took a lot of my time to do the art part but it was I was kind of learning the insides of who's what and who's where 
and getting to meet people. And then the, then they asked me, well, it was just a lot, but there was, I don't think I had enough time in the day to learn everything that I wanted to learn. So next convention, I'm prayerful that I am going to be able to sit because I'll be calmer. Maybe, no, nope, I won't be any calmer. Um, <laughs> but maybe be able to sit and absorb some more. I mean, I got to talk to so many people and meet so many people and, you know, learn about this or that or the other. And my the one and only one that I swore I had to see because I was so busy was the, the Nepal Gold Project with Dan Laney. And I did it. I made it. And I was so grateful because it was such an amazing experience. But everything about convention, there's classes, there's there's AI, there's judges training, there's herd health, there's management classes. There, there's classes all day because I had no idea. I thought it was a convention and it would be all, you know, the boring, boring, bo- sorry, boring board meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but there was so much to do and so many people to meet. And I mean, I probably walked 47 miles because my thighs told me about it on Monday. Um, I walked a whole lot. And I was up at 5 a.m. and not in bed till 11. And it was just super cool and so much knowledge. I can't wait to go to another one. So I want to talk a little bit about the the flashlight sale or the art sale and um, the art competition. It was really impressive, I felt, the different types of goat art that, that you had in your competition, Kim. Um Everything from the youth entries, which were some really amazing pictures. Um, a Picasso Nubian that I loved that one. I think Emily Thompson's daughter did that one. I think she was like seven or eight. She was young. Yes. yes. And it was just whimsical and bright colored. And I really wish that I was the uh, successful bidder on that, but I was not. There was the, the winning entry of the overall contest was a youth entry, Kim. And I thought that was really awesome too. It looked to me like, for lack of a better word, and I'm sure there's a more technical way to describe it, it was string art. It was string art, yes. That Um, was beautiful. It was amazing and an amazing piece. It was, if if the listeners don't know what string art is, one, you can Google and see. It's very, it's like a piece of wood and they put a pattern of little nails or pins in it and then they take string and they just string it along until it makes the portrait or we'll call it a portrait because I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> the portrait you're trying to create. And I mean, it's very time consuming and it was a beautiful piece. It really was. And it was framed framed very pretty, too. So I would say that was one thing that I that I took away from the art contest it's not important. It, not only is it important to have a beautiful piece of art, but the way it's displayed, the framing, the matting. Um, there were some really cool custom frames. One of my favorite pieces was, I want to call him a Sonnen. I'm not sure what breed he was, but he was a Swiss breed and he looked white to me. He, it was a headshot and it was a big picture with a really neat frame. And it was a buck who you could just almost smell him. He looked so real. Oh, the, the screaming his, buck? Yes, with his mouth open and his lips curled. It was just, it was awesome. Wow, that was done one of, by one of our local Arizonians. That was done by Angelica Rudrow. Um, and she had drawn in high school a little bit, but really hadn't done anything. 
And so she just did that one for the contest and she was blown away that, that she did. She got a second place with it. And I mean, I, I swear, you know, I couldn't really smell it, but looking at the picture, I could smell a buck. I, it yes. was just so great. It was awesome. Yeah, Cameron, you would have loved it because it was like it was almost like he was saying, "I'm Buck, hear me roar." He was it was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, let me. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that to you on Facebook there, uh, Cameron, so you can die a little bit. Okay, okay. The, uh, <laughs> the adult the adult winning entry was also very unique too. It was a uh, um, a loom. I'm guessing it was a loom woven piece that had several different goats in it. And it was beautiful. It really was impressive the way that that was done. There were some felting pieces and it, it was just a very impressive art show. I felt. Can I tell you who did the needle felting? Sure. Twas moi. You did that? Yes. Okay. I, that's cool. I, I only learned, I taught myself. I just started arting in December. <laughs> yeah. That was really neat. Very cool. I, I told my friend that I had my friend in the audience. I said, if she doesn't go for $50, you better bid because I'm bringing her home. <laughs> um, what did your judges say, Kim, about were, were they kind of like, you want, you want us to judge goat art? No, actually, I, um, I had talked to them just in general. I said, it's all art. It just has to have the goat theme. You know, it can be a picture of a goat. It can be a painting. It can be a piece of a goat. And I liked being able to bring somebody in, well, three people in that were true artists. Right. That it wasn't just somebody that owned a goat. And I liked that piece. I wanted them to judge it for what a, a piece of art is, if that makes sense. I, you know, they gave me the go ahead to do what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I want to do it right. And that, in my opinion, and we all have opinions and we all know what does that does, but my opinion this was the national convention. We need artists to look at our art and they loved every bit of it. They, they, I mean, they were just like, we can't believe all of this is goat, <laughs> you know? And they were just like, you guys have some true artists in your group. And they were just blown out of the water on the youth too. They were like, how old are these people? Cause this is amazing. Yeah. I thought that too. They were a great group of gals that came in. I mean, and they were all different medium type artists. One was a, one was um, a potter. One was a jeweler. One was a photography painter. And they all kind of dabbled in all different kinds of art too. So, um, and they judged other things. They all have the, the degrees in it. The jeweler, I believe, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure she had said she had museum pieces and that the queen had actually worn one of her pieces. Okay, oh, wow. that's that's impressive. But yeah, no, it, it was amazing. It truly was. Also, speaking of showcasing talents, um, the products reception was was a lot of fun. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, every time you go to a, a, whether it's a national show or the convention, it's always neat to see what people are able to do with, with the amazing milk that their goats produce. And there were some cheeses that were just blew your socks off there. Um there was a blue. Did you have the blueberry? I, I'm going to be honest. I think I had a little bit of every plate. Oh my gosh. There was just. Was I had a pile of cheese and I just yeah. nibbled and poked and pulled and 
It was so good. Well, one of the things that really impressed me, and I am so sorry if you're a listener, I apologize that I didn't get your farm name, but somebody had goat milk popsicles popsicles there. Did you try those, Kim? Yes, they were yummy. So We'll have to figure out who it was. I had a habanero tarragon one. Now, before all of you are like, ooh, I've never had anything like that before. It was sweet, but a little bit hot. And the tarragon, it was wonderful. I've never, it, it, it really blew me away. You need to try um, jalapeno, oh, strawberry jalapeno homemade jelly. That, if you like that mix, the jalapeno strawberry homemade jellies, oh. Ooh, that mm. does sound good. Well, I yeah, just habanero tarragon, I thought, for a popsicle. It, yeah, I gotta try like, it. I'm going to be on fire. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, was, it was very good. So, um, and then the last thing I want to mention, and Kim, this is where I just, you were great at the art auction. You really shined during the, um, I don't know what to call it, the sale of the paper mache goats, I guess, for lack of a better word. So tell us, tell us a little bit about these goats for our people who aren't familiar with them. Well, again, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give a little props to my, my, my dear friend, Deborah M. Holtz, and she's probably going to yell at me for it because she's very humble, but God has given her a talent with art that is, I just, she, she calls it folky art, but it's magnificent. So she builds these, she built all these paper mache goats, all the different breeds. I mean, she had them down to the details of like the nostrils. And I don't know how you do that with paper mache, but she had the not like on the La Manchas, the nostrils rose right. The, the attitude was right. It was just, they were so perfect. And so then what she did, um, she built them and then we sent them out amongst the, some of the members of our club. And they painted them according to the championship color ribbons. So like the Nubian was blue and light blue. And then all the other, because I'm not, I'm not going to try to step on toes and remember all of them, but um, all the colors, the red, white, and blue, the, the, you know, they had to have those base colors. And then the artists went amongst and did whatever they wanted. So some were desert scenes, some was um, cactuses with the American flag, then we had um, like hieroglyphs on the little Nigerian dwarf. And so then they paint them. Debbie would get them back and she would do the lacquer and then, you know, the tail because they all had little jeweled tails. She would do the little finishing touches on them. And there they were. And I watched each one of those pieces from inception. I love Debbie's art. And if you are interested, I'm going to give her a prop. She will do custom pieces to your, you know, if you want your favorite goat done, she will do them. Just figure out, get a hold of me. Um, she, she, her art's amazing. So, and I, and so we just auctioned them off and I was real comfortable talking about them. Cause like I said, I've known, I knew each piece from inception. So it was, it was pretty cool to sell. It. Well, since there was not an Alpine in the spotlight sale this year, Cameron, I really had my eyes set on that Alpine and wanted to bring her home. But again, um, <laughs> and this time my husband was standing at my elbow and he's like, uh, no, you're done. You're done bidding on her. <laughs> <laughs> so gosh, dang it. But um, our, 
If you have a favorite Alpine, Debbie can make you one. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind. Um, for our listeners, um, our uh, good friend Margaret Shamas got to take home the Oberhosley from that sale. Did she? So yeah, so at least at least one of them made it to Missouri. So that was fun. Right. And, and if anybody wants to look at them, if they didn't get to see them, I know they have pictures of them on the SADGA web uh, Facebook page, the Southern Arizona Dairy Goat Association. They have pictures of all of them with their, with their, you know, champion ribbon. So it's really cool to look at. And I'm sure AGGA will have them up, but I think they're pretty cool to look at myself. One day I'll have one. <laughs> so you know, kind of, kind of looking at the last thing that I want to hit and it actually was the last, one of the last parts of the committee um, was the spotlight sale. So Cameron, as, as somebody who's on national sale committees, you want to talk a little bit about what your thoughts are on that spotlight sale? Yeah, let's, um, let's first, I mean, again, it was a record year. Kim, first, Kim, I want to know what your thoughts were. First convention, first spotlight sale, no experience whatsoever. What are your thoughts? I was blown away. Who who would ever think? And I told, I showed my friends some of this, and they live in Tucson. I showed them we're in a big, huge, beautiful resort, and we have goats on stage with spotlights and music and glitter and. It was insane. It was so much stinking fun, first of all. <laughs> stinking is the operant word for something. Oh, yeah. There was there was a couple boys that were a little pungent, but I'm a weirdo, and I like the smell of Buck. And I was like, oh, he's happy. <laughs> but it was, it was so cool. You know, I watched my dear friends, Deb, and they're getting a lot of publicity from me today. They can thank me tomorrow. <laughs> They, but I watched Debbie and Gordy work really hard, and they've worked all these years, and their dough was um, Jacob's Pride, HH, Remember Me? And she was the first dough up. And, I mean, that bidding went wild. And to watch my dear friends that I love with everything that I have, that uh, to watch when they, when they got their final bid price, when I saw Gordy hit his na- knees and 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 have tears and thanking God, that right there made the world for me. It was amazing to see that. I actually had to hide because I was jumping around. I was afraid the auctioneer was going to think I was bidding because <laughs> I was going a little wild. But the rest of it, holy wow. Oscar Herndon was throwing big bids. I jumped over and tried to syndicate with him. And I was like, I got a hundred. You got another hundred. Do it. Do it. I don't know what I was doing, it was crazy. <laughs> but it was so wild. And then to watch those two Nigies go for the prices they did. Holy wow. We should have had that online auctioning a long time ago because that enabled a lot of people to bid. Yeah. So Cameron, I wanted to talk especially about that online auction thing. This is the first time that they've taken bids before the sale actually started. Yeah. Um, I love the concept of the, um, anonymity of being uh, a bidder of online because think about it how does everyone buy stuff right now or excuse me 95 percent of the country how do they buy stuff right now they get on their phone and they click and they buy it on amazon and they get it shipped to them which is great right people people love to buy things anonymously i think that's what great was great about the internet what i think happened 
with the lots of high bids before the sale even started is it created almost like a floor for the auction. And it said, this is where we're starting. We're starting at this floor here. If you want this one here, it's going to go higher. And I think what that floor created was that, okay, I need to keep going higher and higher off the floor in order to do that. So it just created an atmosphere in which people spent a lot of freaking money, which I'm a capitalist. I love people spending their money and doing whatever the heck with their money they want. So that's awesome. I applaud the successful buyers, the successful sellers. Uh, and I, I, again, the association thanks you um, for spending your money with them. Yeah. And did did, yeah. did you get the total for the whole thing? It was sale? over 100 k Yeah, it was $107,200. So it set, it set a record for the highest total sale the highest average and the highest single with the $26,000 bid on um, the little Nigerian doe, who is a beautiful little doe. So what was her name? Her was, her name was mystery. Quiet mystery. Actually, I have a, hold on. I've, I've got a, I've got, hold on. I got her name. They had, they had little soda cans with her information on it on the table. And I brought one home. Her name was, Quiet mystery. Yeah. I don't have the herd name on it though. Well, it was I was standing behind me. Yeah. Yep. Little misbehaving, quiet yeah. mystery. I was standing behind her in the Nigerian Dwarf Class at Nationals. And I mean, I, and I've seen the two year old goat that was, that's the dam of that doe. And I think it's very, she's very competitive um, and, and very nice here um, from what I remember seeing of her. So definitely worth the investment. And I am glad we live in a society that says, we can spend $26,000 on goats so we can if we want if we want to that's exactly it i love this i love this here i love this i love this here yeah yeah i am going to do what i want to do and if i want to spend $26,000 on a goat i'm going to yeah however i think i would yeah. have a heart attack if i actually did that <laughs> well <Yeah>. as as <laughs> laura as someone that's bid on spotlight cell goats from your experiences how nerve-wracking is it oh it's fun <laughs> yes, but nerve wracking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and I didn't, I didn't go in with any ability to buy a spotlight kid, but boy, howdy, Oscar Herndon was ready to buy. And when he would stall out, I, I ran over and I'm like, I'll give you another hundred. And so it was super exciting and so much fun. I just had a blast. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's contagious. I mean, like any auction you go to, you know, there's always that, Oh, it's just 25 bucks more. It's just 25 bucks more. Well, when you're on the other side of it, you sit and think, no, it's not really, but still it's, I mean, it was a lot of fun and what a nice family to benefit from, from that sale. And, um, Bentley, congratulations for being the breeder of the highest selling spotlight sale animal. That's pretty exciting. Not many kids her age can say that. So yeah, I agree. Uh, Laura, Kim, any, what random thoughts do you have from the week and observation? Again, goat greatest of all time. <laughs> it was the fabulous, most wonderful, crazy, fun, I don't even have all the words. I'm still riding on cloud nine, even though I'm like, oh, I'm dying because I'm tired. I'm still running on cloud nine. If you're a true goat person, man, you got to go to convention. I was, so, I don't have like a random, I just think we're all a little bit crazy and we all, all our crazies fit together. And it was just a blast. 
<laughs> well, my my uh, thoughts were there are so many people that put in so much time behind the scenes to make it successful. Um, from the selection of that beautiful venue to, um, you know, coming up with the meal ideas to uh, the, the board of directors meeting, the spotlight sale, the youth activities. I, we didn't even touch on that. We had the most youth that they've ever had. There were over 40 youth participants um, in the youth program at convention, and they were some really neat kids. So, um, you know, we have a, a brand new ADGA youth representative. So that's Alicia Boren. And I hope I said your last name right, Alicia from Colorado. And our alternate was Marina Laguerre from Maine. And two beautiful young ladies who uh, will represent ADGA very well. And uh, and then the judges. We got a couple judges. new judges too, didn't we? We did. The judges training conference was a long, was a long day. We had two panels running and, and it was exciting to see that as well. So I, I guess I'm just saying, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what Kim said. Greatest of all teams put that um, convention together. So my hat's off to you, Kim, and to the rest of your um, uh, conference committee. Yes. Who, who did a really great job there. Yeah, I have to say thank you. I can't remember everybody's name right now, but Betty Henning, um, we had Jessica Cornier that was doing a lot with the youth. Um, Katie Garcia, oh goodness. Oh, I have their faces in my head, but I don't have all their names. Debbie, Debbie M. Holtz, um, all the art, Tansy. I mean, I, there's just a lot of names. We, we were all working really hard. June Johnson. Um, I mean, we hammered it out. Everybody hauled goats in, hauled goats out. It was a huge team effort with a great leader with Betty, Betty Henning. And, you know, ADGA was so kind and loving and to me anyway, and welcomed me with open arms. And I just have to ask you guys what you thought. I don't know, Cameron, if you saw her or not. Did you see Newsy, Laura? I saw Newsy. So Newsy was like a humongous, amazing paper mache Nubian. Yeah, and she's about 20 years old. She is a very well-aged doe. And anybody that was there, Laura, did you ever find what? Because we have Debbie had her decorated with where's Waldo in a desert scene, how she found that. I don't know, but did you ever find Waldo with, the I did not find Waldo. Not find Waldo. Do you want to know where Waldo was? Yes. Where was Waldo? Yes. Where was Waldo? On the very tip of newsy. Of course. Cause she's a nosy Nubian. That's where Waldo would right. be. That's right. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, so that was, that was really cool. I enjoyed that because the first time I met Debbie, I was looking, well, I went to her place. I shouldn't say the first time I met her. The first time I went to her place, I was looking and there was this goat over there in like the, the it would have been the, the kid apartments, you know, and I'm looking and this goat hasn't moved and it's staring at me and it's staring at me. And I think that was about an hour that I had about a, a stare off with Newsy. And I'm like, is she, what's going on? And so finally I had the courage to ask Debbie who, you know, at that time wasn't, I wasn't close with, and she was kind of a, a, you know, I kind of idolized her animals and stuff. I said, Miss Debbie? And she goes, yeah. I said, is there something wrong with that goat over there? And she says, oh, that's Newsy. Go take, go visit with her. 
And I went over there and I went to pet her because she's shaded and stuff. And she's a statue. And Debbie just chuckled and giggled. And I said, what is that? And she told me all about Newsy. So Newsy and I go way back now. <laughs> well, Newsy was fun. I wish, I, I wondered if Newsy might be sold and who is going to be able to get her on an airplane because there's just no way she was huge. <laughs> well, there is, there, there is a little secret and that, that, I do believe she has a new home and we'll all know where that home is when, when she arrives. Well, it was, it was, it'll be a good, it'll be a good thing. It'll be a good thing for everyone. It was fun. And so, you know, again, just kind of wrapping it up a wonderful week. Thank you again to all the people that made it happen. And, and I can't wait till convention next year in Syracuse, which will be awesome. Yeah. um, I'm kind of scared. I've never um, been out of Arizona. <laughs> come on, come come join us out where it's colder. Are you are you guys gonna meet me at the airport and take me with you? Because I will end up in like Winnipeg, Washington, or somewhere. I'm geographically. <laughs> oh no, you'll get there. It'll be we'll, fine. We'll we'll get there. We'll we'll get you there. Don't worry. Um, I, I'm gonna hold you to it, Kim. Thank you so much for coming and joining us this week on the podcast. Um, your energy is infectious. Your uh, you were, according to my sources, the star of the Adgit convention. Oh, I'm gonna cry! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. I mean, it's just who I am. It's who God created, and and I just never wanted. I guess I just never let her out all the way, and here I am. So thank you, guys, for loving me and accepting me, and rooting me on with everything I do. And thank you so very much for having me on your show. Anytime you want to go gab with Kim, let me know. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. Yes. Cameron, what do you yeah. want to say about next week? Okay. So we're going to release this episode um, sometime during the weekend of the 20th, 21st. Um, whenever Laura cuts it up and mixes it up and puts it on, puts it online there. We're not going to drop an episode the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, look forward to another episode of Goat Gab released the December 2nd, I think is the date, first or second there. Whatever the first uh, first Wednesday of December is there. We should have a guest on. If not, I will find a guest um, for our listeners here. Um, but that's the plan. Is that Laura, does that work for you? Thank you guys for your patience and for um, – uh, understanding sometimes life, even even though Goat Gab is an important priority for us, sometimes life gets in the way too. So um, as always, you can find us on, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, um, wherever you like to find your uh, podcasts. Please see us there. Give us a rating if, if you are so inclined and um, let us know what you want us to change if we're, if we're, good let us know that if we're bad let us know that too because we're always looking to improve if you have a topic for us that you'd like us to explore we want to hear that as well have a happy thanksgiving and don't forget buy goat gab shirts <laughs> we, we are thankful for all of our listeners so happy thanksgiving you all and we'll catch you on the next one